0: am here almost last in the gong we might have that wonderful thing happen like a miracle but when a man feels like creating feels just like
1: i just spent uh the last 30 minutes or so trying to recall exactly when i started this website the head the gong website and I guess it was in 2006. That's the best I can tell from my journal entries. Sometime in March of 2006, I was building headthegong.com beta, and um, it was funny just just trying to find all the references to, you know, the internet back in those days. As I was doing my research, I remember putting out little podcasts like this on MySpace. Um, they were absolutely terrible. I did I did actually save those episodes and I found them um, and they're just yeah, horrific. But anyway, so it's been going on since 2006. So yeah, shit, we're talking 11 years. And so over the span of the last couple weeks, I've been sort of rebooting it. and I've done this numerous times before. so this might be head the Gong. I think. Um, And basically, I talked about this in the last podcast, but I felt uh, like I was getting a little bit stretched out with the two websites. I had the Head the Gong stuff, which was going to be all my sort of artistic, creative music, writing, all that sort of thing. And then at some point, I branched off Uh, and had a second website called Integral Health Resources. And then that came to house my more academic interests and consciousness and psychology and counseling and philosophy and all that. So I just decided uh, to just bring those things all back together under the one umbrella of headthegong.com. And I've basically ceased participation in the Integral Health Resources site and social media accounts and stuff. All that stuff is still up there, but I'm basically trying to reintegrate everything back into one mothership site. And so it's been fun. One of the things I'm sure um, uh, anyone who's listening might wonder, because you really are probably the one person who's listening, and you might say, well, You've been doing this for 11 years, and nobody's really paying any attention to you, so why are you spending all this time and energy rebooting it and all this? And That's a good question, um, one listener out there. Um, basically, the reason is because I feel like it. Uh, I always like to actively do the things I'm interested in. This probably started back when I was... A little kid, I I loved to watch sports, but I liked actually doing sports even better. And it's the same with music. You know, I get a real appreciation for it, and then I just want to do it. And writing, once I got interested in writing as a thing, and I got into Henry Miller and other authors, I just didn't just want to appreciate great writing, I wanted to actually do it. And now the same has been happening with podcasting. So I love listening to podcasts. I'm interested in, in podcasting as a creative medium. So uh, just naturally, I want to start doing it. So, you know, I, I'm realistic. I know that no one's paying attention to me. And uh, that's fine. I'm still trying to find my voice on this stuff and trying to get better at it. So I'm going to continue not to promote it for the most part. And just keep doing my thing. And, um, you know, it's strictly for the love of the art, man. What do you want from me? Another couple of uh, new things. Um, Last time on the podcast, I was talking about time well spent and digital distraction and all that. And I mentioned that I might get a smartphone, which I've been putting off for years. And so I finally did get a smartphone for my wife and I. And uh, at first it was kind of stressful. Um, cause I don't know shit about smartphones having not had one. And there's a lot of terminology and ins and outs of, of what that's specific to the smartphone that I didn't quite understand. And I decided to do it, um, through a company called Ting that is sort of a, um, a setup where you, you, you pay for what you use voice, text, data. It's not one of these unlimited things. I thought that was a good idea, not just as a potential money-saving thing, which it should be because uh, my wife and I are not um, going to be heavy users, I'm sure, but also I thought it would disincentivize me to want to just fool around on the phone all the time. So if you know you're paying for data, you're less likely to sit there and goof around while you're Wait for the bus. Um, so unless I'm in a Wi-Fi zone where I could still, you know, use my device the same way I had been using my my iPod Touch, and my wife was using her iPad, so I can still, you know, use it to my heart's content when I'm in Wi-Fi. But um, once I'm out there in the world, I'll be disincentivized to just use it randomly, and so. Anyway, because of that, because I decided to set it up that way, I figured I needed to understand all the ins and outs and different networks and what happens when you turn the cellular data off. And since I'm using an Apple product, there's all the difference between iMessage and regular texting and um, the different ways these things travel. And one uses data and one doesn't. And the whole thing was kind of maddening at first, and then I just regretted doing it. And then, or just regretted not having some unlimited plan where I wouldn't have to think about it. Now I think I'm settled in, and I'm I'm kind of getting the hang of it and enjoying it. And nothing major has changed. I think I, you know, I still need to work on uh, this whole time well spent thing, and definitely uh, having a better phone, a faster device in general is just another thing that might lure me into to wasting time but so far it hasn't it hasn't been a huge change considering you know I had other devices before this but so that's been a thing um another huge thing that happened this summer is a a change of job. so I probably mentioned that I left uh, my job as a high school counselor and transferred over to an elementary school which is really what I've wanted to do uh, since I got into graduate school the second time around I discovered fairly early on that uh, elementary school counseling was a potential niche for me, that I enjoyed working with kids that age. It was something where I really believe in the whole the whole mission of um, basically teaching kids that age, kindergarten to fifth grade, social-emotional learning skills. Um, I really believe it's an an important thing. I'm I'm well-suited to it. I enjoy it. When I did an internship at a local elementary school, it felt very natural and fun. And, of course, you get summers off and a lot of holidays off. And so insofar as I would want to have any kind of a job, um, which is, you know, I'm probably always going to struggle with having to get up and go to work, this, I think ticks all the boxes for me. So I'm, I'm pretty excited about, uh, jumping into that in a couple of weeks. Also starting to cling to the summer, definitely. But, uh, so it's been a good summer. I feel like, um, having that job situation taken care of is, was a huge thing. I worked my last day at the high school and was training my successor, giving her all the ins and outs of the job and all the stuff that that we have to do as high school counselors. And it became incredibly apparent to me while I was doing all that, just how much I hated all that shit. And I'm just so relieved not to have to to deal with that crap again come the fall. I will have to be sort of the new guy again at the new school. I've got to meet all the students and the teachers and administrators and go through that phase again of not really knowing what I'm doing. But I think in the long run, I'm going to be a lot happier, um, at this level. And hopefully it's something that's going to fit the rest of my life and I'll be able to continue to devote some creative time, uh, uh, do things like podcasting and record music and all that. So, so yeah, other than that, um, that's what's really what I'm just trying to focus on my creative projects. I do have to study for the national counseling exam. Um, this is sort of a voluntary thing. I have a school counselor license. It's really all you need, but you can get some extra money if you also get licensed as a a mental health counselor, which is sort of a separate thing. And it also sets you up to eventually get a higher license, and you could have an independent private practice at some point. So it's a little bit of insurance in case I do the school counseling thing for a few years and get sick of it and want to have a private practice or in case my wife and I move. It's just having that option. I've never been a practical guy. There's this really so many times in my life where I've been almost to the finish line on something and then just said, fuck it. And I, I just change gears and do something different. And then later on regret not quite finishing it out. You know, I had a chance to get a addictions counselor license and I was like almost there. And I said, Ah, eh, screw this. I don't want to do it. And then a few years later I would have come in really handy. So that kind of thing. Um, so, anyway, I'm I'm getting ready to take the exam. And that's the another thing I've been doing this summer is just studying for this exam. And my god, it uh, it sucks. There's a reason I've been putting it off. When I when you have to sit here and read all the shit that you're supposed to know for these tests, at least me. I mean, my sense is sort of what it was when I was in graduate school, is that. Less than 1% of this shit has any bearing on how I'm going to do my job. And so you're really talking 99% of all the stuff that I'm reading about, that I read about, that's in this test prep book, is just useless bullshit. But I have to jump through the hoop of taking the exam, so um, I'm not good at that, so it's a struggle. I mean, part of me is just like, fuck it, why am I doing this? But, you know, I'm I'm just going to go through a little bit of pain here and recognize that, you know, sometimes you do have to do some shit you don't want to do if you, if you want, you know, what's on the other side of that. So I don't know. I am going to stick it out and take this exam and get this license, even though it it feels like it's degrading me to have to study the shit that I don't believe in at all. Uh, Yeah, so that's... That's that. Um, So I mentioned that I like to listen to a lot of podcasts, so I just figured I'd maybe throw some out there as recommendations. Um, I don't know. It's been probably a couple years since I've been uh, on this podcast kick. One of the ones I started out listening to was um, Bill Burr's Monday Morning Podcast, and I still listen to that occasionally. One of the things that I... I like about Bill Burr and his style is he just turns the microphone on and, and starts talking. It's just him. Um, I know that he sometimes maybe has a little notepad or some ideas that he might want to talk about. for. The, but for the most part, it's, it's extemporaneous. It's no frills. There's no intro. And, of course, he's a stand-up comedian, so he's got the, the type of skills that uh, are needed for that. But that's one thing that um, that I enjoyed, although you know I don't listen to that religiously uh, because there's just so many other good podcasts to listen to. Um, something that's completely different. there's a guy, Dan Carlin, who has two podcasts. One is called Hardcore History, which is a very popular long form uh, history podcast where he may have you know a three, four, five, six hour podcast or multi. Um, chapter podcast on a particular historical topic um the one on uh blue blueprint for armageddon i believe it's called is um a podcast about world war one that's just absolutely fascinating again this is this is a guy who's who's putting together um a real work of art and it's a very kind of unique format that i like his other podcast is called common sense it's um more topical political podcast that's, again, he, he just, same thing with Hardcore History. He just does it whenever he gets one done, and sometimes there'll be months in between or weeks. Um, common sense, he comes from a, a very unique political perspective, definitely hard to pin him down on the left or on the right, or even to say he's libertarian. I mean, it's really hard to to pinpoint the guy, but he has such a breadth of historical knowledge that he brings to current political topics that I think it's just um, it's just very interesting. Uh, another podcast that I really love is Sam Harris's Waking Up podcast. Um, despite the fact that Sam has waded into controversial topics that have made him um, somewhat of a, a boogeyman, I guess, on the left, um, people you know, tend to accuse him of Islamophobia or racism or this, that, and the other thing, which from my perspective is complete bullshit. I, I've read just about everything Harris has written, listened to every one of his podcasts. I think the guy has um, great, um, well, I mean, first of all, his ethics and his, his morals. He's, he's a deeply ethical person. I mean, if you really listen to anything, he's somebody that really strives um, to be an ethical person. His mind, um, I really feel is that he's one of the more um, just based on sheer wattage um, or processing power. I mean, this guy's mind is almost unparalleled. It's just the way he thinks is um, just so fascinating. He's just so uh, clear in his thinking and the way he expresses ideas. And we just have... He and I have so much overlap and interests. He's also super into uh, Buddhism and meditation and uh, things that um, that I find very interesting. He wrote a book called "Waking Up," which is a, a secular, um, a secular discussion of things like meditation and um, spirituality. That's just really interesting. So he doesn't only, you know just talk about interesting things. He has really fascinating guests that he has on, on his podcast and he has really interesting discussions. Also some, some awkward discussions when he has people on that, uh, he disagrees with, but I really like his commitment to having difficult conversations. I think, um, that's something that makes him unique. So I find his, his podcast to be fascinating. Um, Joe Rogan, the Joe Rogan experience. Um, This is a very prolific podcaster who has, you know, long form, three hour long conversations with people. He just puts out so many podcasts, I just can't keep up with him. And, you know, some of them, depending on who his guest is, I wouldn't be as interested in. Yeah, you know, he has a lot of interest. He's not only he's another stand up comedian. So he has a lot of comics on, but he also is into mixed martial arts and he'll have MMA guys on, and he's a he's an avid hunter, and he might have hunters on. So there's certain topics that, that I'm not as interested in. So if he has a an MMA guy on there that I'd never heard of, I may not want to invest the three hours in it. But he has also just uh, a lot of interesting guests on. In fact, there's there's a lot of overlap in the podcasting world. I mean, Joe Rogan has had Sam Harris on. He's also had Dan Carlin on, who I've already mentioned. Um, he's had another guy on uh, called Josh Zepps. Who's an Australian guy? Um, who I again? He's in this this group where they all have podcasts and have each other on. But um, Zepps has a podcast called We the People Live. It's a political podcast for the most part. But he's just again a very clear uh, interviewer. I'm really huge on critical thinking and intellectual honesty. So a lot of the the folks that I listen to have that as a, a characteristic. So I like Josh Zepps. Um, and uh, definitely, Joe Rogan's one of my one of my favorites because he just uh, he's an incredible conversationalist, and he'll just you know if he has an interesting guest on, then um, it's uh, it's always a fascinating listen. There's a, another guy that was on the Joe Rogan podcast um, by the name of Doctor Chris Ryan. Um, he was on Rogan, and they were just talking. And I forgot, you know, he had been on numerous times before. Uh, Ryan had written a book called Sex at Dawn, and they were talking about something or other. But the, just the two of them together, um, just such great conversationalists that they can just talk about, you know, wide-ranging topics. I found um, Chris Ryan so interesting that when he plugged his own podcast called Tangentially Speaking, I was um, intrigued and listened to it. And I really love that one. He goes, um, he'll have just himself ranting into a microphone um, and talking about ideas. And that's always fascinating. He'll answer emails and he'll also have, you know, interesting guests on and do interviews. So, um, again, what a lot of these guys share in common is just, um, they project a sense of curiosity, open-mindedness, uh, intelligence, you know, a high level of critical thinking, a willingness to just kind of be real and authentic and just allow the conversation to go kind of anywhere it's going to go. So those are just a few. I mean, there are definitely um, lots of others. I'm just sort of checking my my podcast feed here to see if I've missed any. And a lot of this, you know, you, you discover one podcast, say just Joe Rogan, and he just he has so many other podcasters on there, it sort of branches out and you get exposed to there's so some interesting one. There's some philosophy podcasts I like. One is called Very Bad Wizards. They, uh, the two guys on there, there's a psychologist and a philosopher, and they have very interesting discussions. There's another one called a philosophy podcast that's called Philosophize This, or it's a philosophy professor. We'll talk about a, a certain philosopher. You know, Plato, Aristotle, just, you know, academic philosophy, but makes it very accessible and interesting. Um, Let's see here. Star Talk Radio, that's Neil deGrasse Tyson. That's a, again, I won't listen to all of those. The podcasts that tend to be more professional and polished and produced and have a bunch of commercials in them, I tend to be less interested in those. Um, so I won't listen to all the Star Talk Radio. It's a little bit commercialized for my taste, but I love Neil deGrasse Tyson, and he'll have some some interesting um, stuff to talk about. Intelligence Squared Intelligence Squared is a is a debate podcast where they'll debate emotion on some topic of the day. And again, I have an interest in critical thinking, so I'll occasionally listen to that. Although uh, lately I haven't listened to it a lot because I just find that. The uh, dynamics of debate uh, where, you know, people are trying to win and score points. A lot of times I don't feel at the end that much happened. There's a lot of foreign language podcasts. I'm trying to get better at Spanish. So, you know, there's just tons of Spanish podcasts, uh, you know, that are interesting. The Rubin Report, Dave Rubin, he's a guy that, um, much like Harris, I think will be kind of maligned and um, accused of being kind of an alt-right political guy. And I think some of the criticisms of Ruben are fair. Uh, I don't think he really pushes back very hard on certain guests. But that's just not his thing. Uh, what I like about him, again, is he just has interesting political conversations, and, and, he, and he does talk with people that I normally would not listen to on the right or with differing points of view than me, and he does so in a super respectful way. and So I appreciate that a lot. Uh, I mentioned that I'm into meditation and spirituality so other than the waking up podcast which some sometimes talks about that there's uh Dan Harris the 10% happier podcast that's all about meditation and that's just one of my one of my interests and yeah so I mean again there's others I'll uh, if I find any new super interesting ones I'll point them out but that's just um just a, a few podcasting tips again this is like a one of the reasons I'm podcasting is that I I love listening to podcasts and <clears throat> occasionally I might talk about you know a podcast that I listen to and and just go into uh, you know carry the discussion on further on this on this one again since no one's listening to this podcast I can do whatever the hell I want so anyway I just thought I'd do a little little segment on podcast recommendations and uh, you can take that for what it's worth All right, to wrap up, I'll just um, talk about some other changes I made to my site. I updated um, a lot of stuff. Um, I have the podcast archives. I've got connections to my old Integral Health Resources site, and I'm going to be integrating more and more material from that website uh, onto this new Head the Gong reboot. And I, I also updated my own musical part of the site. If you just check on the music tab and click on Isaac Dust, that's going to have just tons of the stuff that I've recorded over the years. Uh, I don't. I have a little section on, you know, a couple official releases. And for me, an official release is just, you know, I put some songs together and put it on the internet. Um, but I also, um, I had taken down a lot of the cover songs that I had put up there because I was worried about copyright this and that at some point but uh i don't know why and what i was thinking because i'm not really selling anything um anyway so i um put together a lot of the cover songs that i've done in one place on one playlist so anyone can check those out and let's see a buddy of mine a musical mentor of mine named brian hall um He came up uh, in my mind again since the last time I I did a podcast because a fan of his contacted me on Facebook and noticed that I had a little section of Brian's music on my website. And apparently Brian's web presence is really fading and he had his own website and there was other places you could find his music and now there's just not many places that you can. So this other fan had discovered my site and sort of thanked me for having some of Brian's music up there, and also mentioned that he was putting together a website that was going to feature some of Brian's music. And uh, Brian Hall is just a, a singer-songwriter, um, folk singer type of guy. And he s- crossed paths with me back when I was playing in bands in North Carolina. And when I discovered the guy, I wasn't really into that genre of music um, that had sort of that folky, almost countryish uh, type of flavor. I was all about you know rock and roll and hard rock music, but this guy just had so much soul, and um, his songs were just so well written that uh, I mean I honestly thought then and think now that he's um, an undiscovered Bob Dylan. I mean he's at, at that level of songwriting. It's just he's just a guy that was self-producing music that. Never got famous. Didn't seem to have a, a lot of ambition, and so I revamped the Brian Hall section of my, of my website, and um, so everybody that um, might be interested in in discovering a, just an amazing singer songwriter that nobody's heard of, but um, is you know in my mind one of the greats. You can check uh, Brian's music out on that page. And I also threw in uh, a couple of uh, songs of Brian's that I recorded myself. I think maybe um, I'll just uh, tack one of them on here just to give you a, a flavor of the type of stuff that Brian does. He um, He's sort of a small-town guy, and he tells, you know, small-town stories. It reminds you of, like, um, Bruce Springsteen, early Bruce Springsteen, and... Um, uh, he has a, a, a great song, It Might Be Cold Outside, that uh, I did a cover version of, and I'll, I'll close out this podcast with that version here. So anyway, until next time, I uh, hope everybody or the one person listening is doing well. If you are that one person, you want to contact me, feel free to contact me on Twitter. I did change up my Twitter address, so you can reach me at, at Head the gong. That's my new active Twitter account. Uh, I kept my old account still open, but hit me up at HeadTheGong. HeadTheGong. Um, if you want to ask me a question or give me some feedback, I'd always appreciate it. Or just uh, go to the HeadTheGong website. There's, there's plenty of ways to contact me there. So uh, that's it. Until next time, have a good one, and uh, here's some Brian Hall to close it out.
0: Work three counties over And sometimes I don't go home Slept in my car and in a motel And one time I just kept going I'm a machine who breathes and gets hungry And there are younger men that take my place In line and hoping the future is full of the I Yeah, they gave my father a gold watch to tell him how much time he had left. He died not too long after, and mama put that gold watch up for sale. Brought twenty-eight dollars at the out sale and the trade of a figurine. He was a small boy going fishing and his little pole was missing. Some of the boys they're optimistic Yeah, they want All Friday night To go out With their true loves Get the cars cleaned up Just right Not me, i good work a Double shift and wash My face real good Frequently With cold water in a small gray bathroom i don't do it for the money but i got a little extra time a man can get awful used to concrete floors and assembly lines i get hard If I'm not too tired And I hope i done me a good job Cause that's why I, I, I. Had a girl down on the east side And I gave her all I Next thing I knew, she ran off with a boy, Mr. I am told. They had a child not too long after. I guess it just wasn't meant to be. He drives race cars for a living, and he's gone most everywhere. Boston and I'm alone here at the textile mill and I'll read these colored charts and graphs when I got a little time to kill. Seems like this school year was a good one but it matters not to me. Just keep up. Grabbing all them boxes and routing them to where they're supposed to be. Yeah, the boss says maybe next year you'll show me a thing or two about them personal computers and about what they're supposed to do. Maybe I'll. I could learn to tie. But my hands are always clumsy, and my thoughts don't come out right. Now the familiar faces of the men come in with lunch boxes and no. Some look sad, some look worrisome Say good morning every day That means in 20 minutes It's gonna be time for me to ride They got their coats buttoned up high and tight It must be cold outside